Welcome back to Screenfish Radio. I am thrilled today, extra thrilled, to have some extra special guests with us today. The Movie Podcast crew is here with us today. Uh, Shabazz Siddiqui, Daniel Baptista, and Anthony Galliardi. Thank you, guys. I know we've talked about this for a while, but I really appreciate the chance to chat with you. Oh, we're delighted to be here. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, um, thank you. I, I'm really looking forward to it. This is going to be great. Um, and not only that, do we have a great film to talk about today as well? We're talking about Anthony or Alex, not Anthony Payne, Alexander Payne's uh, The Holdovers, which tells the story of a curmudgeonly instructor at a new late New England prep school who remains on campus during the Christmas break to babysit a handful of students with nowhere to go. He soon forms an unlikely bond with a brainy but damaged troublemaker uh, and with the school's head cook, a woman who had just lost a son in the Vietnam War. The film is directed by Alexander Payne from a screenplay from David Hemmingson and stars Paul Giamatti, Dominic Sessa, and Divine Joy Randolph. Gents, I have to know, what did you think of The Holdovers? Who's going first? No one's jumping first. Okay. <laughs> Low down, guys. <laughs> it, was, it was a standoff. Um, I can go ahead and start. Honestly, this was a film that, from the very first trailer that we got, um, I'm like, okay, this feels very different. This feels like a movie that is coming out out of, of a different time. And the last time I really felt like that watching a trailer was with Licorice Pizza, where I feel like this is a film that was made in the 70s, especially with the voiceover and everything like that. And then you're going into the film, and then you just immediately just fall in love with the worlds and the characters. And I think one of the things that like really resonated with me is actually something that Anthony said. He's like, well, you you feel the snow looks old. Like there's there's like a, a whole vintage feel to this film that I think is just it's just so warm and fuzzy. And it just you just immediately just want to spend more time with these characters and go on the journey with them. But uh absolutely love this film. It's been a movie that I've been thinking about a lot since watching and the more I think about it, the higher it goes on my year-end list of best films. It really is uh, fantastic. Yeah, I think uh, similar to me, you know, it's a movie that um, it felt like a film that I would have watched in school during a snow day. And you would have just kind of like, you know, recess is canceled. Hey, guys, let, let's kind of let, let's watch this movie. And then it would have been a movie that I would have brought home and shown my family and been like, hey, I watched this movie at school. I absolutely loved it. It's from before I was born. Do you want to watch it right now? <laughs> like that's just, it had all the makings of a movie that really came out in a period that felt like it was, it's it's now not lost to time because that sounds ridiculous, but it's almost from a, from an era that, you know, the movies were, they had so much thought put into them. They took risks in how they would portray students and teachers and they show the world kind of in a way where there's this there's this grim reality to it. And I think what this movie does very well is it, it teeters this line of being this very adult film, but at the same time something that's still tangible for children and, and young adults to kind of grab onto as well. I, I, I really love this movie. And I think the more, kind of like what Daniel was saying here, the more time that I've spent away from this film, the more I've been longing for it to revisit it. To be honest, I think the next time I'm going to try to watch this is when there's snowfall. Even though I don't want snow right now, I want it to be snowing outside, cozy with a blanket, putting this on and just kind of having a good time with it. Yeah, for me, it was the same. It's it's the vintage feel that it it brings. It's not that you're watching a movie that is shot during a certain period. It really feels like this movie was made 
40 years ago. It, it really has that vibe of what it must have been like to go to the theaters to get a matinee and just sit down with a with popcorn during maybe the holiday season and watch a film for the first time. It's just so original in the way it looks. It it has great performances. It has a, such a simple story, but it's a story that a lot of people will connect with and will will just find it touches their heart. And it has a coziness to it as well because it does happen during the holiday season and even after the holiday season. And it just it just gives you this this aura of it is a seventies movie, but it also has modern a modern take to the elements that are happening in that story that even for someone who's like 2023, we can still relate to, we can still understand. And it's, it's a storytelling technique that I think is lost um, that we haven't had in a really long time. Hollywood is right now big on franchises and, and building, you know, these, these huge epic tales to show on the big screen. Well, you know, a lot of filmmakers are fighting to have their movies shown on the big screen and this is a story that i didn't think i wanted on the big screen but it just worked so well i think i remember sitting down with you guys and it was a what two two and a half hour two two hours and 47 minute movie and it just felt like i felt that peace watching it it was just man we all looked at each other at the end of the movie and we said that was a great movie and that you can't really say that a lot nowadays there's there's movies that like yeah that's an epic blockbuster but this one touched me in a different way you know it's just something different something i haven't seen in a really long time you know i absolutely am on board with this i absolutely agree and you know it's it's the type of film that is a mood like i i, I don't know if that's the way to describe it or not but like Definitely. I, I like yeah like and i like anthony you said that when you watch it, you're at peace. Like there's just something about it that feels authentic. Now I know they didn't use any, they didn't use like uh, studio sets. Like they, it was all shot on location. Right. Um, but there's just something really honest about this, this film and these characters that really resonates. Like there's the, the relationships that are happening, the characters, they just feel like real people, and and like you said, uh, um, it's two hours and forty seven minutes, but you're not checking your watch, which is weird because it's not trying to get your attention every thirty seconds. You know what I'm saying? It's not that type of, you know, now look over here, now look over here. It's not that type of movie. Um, it it's so unique. It's so unique in that way. Yeah, and it feels so lived in, I think, right? I and and that's what I think is so spectacular about it. It makes it feel like it is so different because even just the way it's shot, uh, we were trying to see if it was shot on film, I remember, but and they used lenses that were accurate of the time and lighting that was act trying to be more accurate of the time. Um, and I think that's reflected because that the look of this film does not look very clean and it has a lot of grain to it and it feels very much like a period piece in, in the 70s, but also how it's made where we we get a lot of films today that are set in different time periods but it's the most vivid and hd looking thing and sometimes that works really well but at other times like it really kind of pulls you out of that experience because it doesn't make you feel like you are in a time period it feels like you are you know just shooting a movie and pretending to be but this one i believe that it was actually 
shot and made. Like if you show this film to somebody who has no idea what it's about or who these actors are, they'll believe that it's something that was out of the seventies. Right. It really does feel like that. Yeah. I mean, even the, the writing alone, the writing itself feels like it's from that era where they're able to push the buttons of the audience by, you know, having the kids swear and having the kids say things that, you know, typically we're not used to now seeing in films where, you know, kids are a little bit more squeaky clean or they're very much written like they're Disney. It's, this is a very true to that time period kind of a film. And even someone like Paul Giamatti, who we've seen in countless films, he's so lost in that role that I didn't see Paul in that movie. I just saw that character and that's what it was for me. And I, I saw all the teachers that I had growing up that embodied the same principles as, as he did. Yeah. That's interesting that you say that because there, it, I don't know. It's nostalgic without dripping in nostalgia in some ways. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's a really fascinating balance that they walk. And I don't know where the heck Dominic Sessa came from, <laughs> but Holy crap. Like it's a, it's a ridiculously incredible performance and I don't know him from anything else. I don't know if you two or if you no, three are first, no. this is his first performance. Like this is literally out of nowhere. He, he was a nobody. And then he, maybe he did stuff, but outside the Hollywood system, but like there was no other credits for him. This is his first role and he just stole the damn show. Yeah, he he has we, we like to say it on the show. He doesn't have iPad face. And uh, <laughs> and it's just when we say that, it, it means like this is someone who feels like they were born during that time, like the haircut, the look, the the face, this everything about him, the aura, the the presence. It just feels like, man, this kid was plucked from the 70s and brought to modern time to tell the story. So, yeah, we 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 were really blown away by his performance in the movie. And I do want to correct myself. The movie is not two hours and 47 minutes. It's two hours and 13 minutes. I was a little bit, uh, you know, over-exaggerating on that time. But it's just, again, it's a movie that's, there's not a lot of action happening. It's just a lot of great performances, like Dominic Sessa, Paul Giamatti, and, and, and so on. So it's just... When you have great performances, they can really pull you into a movie and and drive that movie's length, and you never feel it. Just like Oppenheimer, like just great performances that really stick out, and you don't even feel the three hour wait time on that. I, I'm what I'm hearing from Anthony is that it really felt like it was two hours and forty seven minutes. So we maybe <laughs> I wish it was. I wish it was longer. There was points in this movie I'm like, man, well, no, don't end. Let's let's yeah. spend more time in this world because you want to spend more time in this world, and I. And I think that's what makes it so special as a theatrical experience where if I was watching this on a streaming service, there's a different vibe to it. And there's no shade to streaming services or anything like that. But you're watching this. You feel like you are going to the theater. You're being transported for that two hours and 13 minutes. And you are leaving a different person afterwards. And I think it's not often that movies can really do that to you. And as much as we loved a lot of movies this year, um, this is one that I felt so differently walking out of it and i think that's really special it, it it really is it's not one of those ones where you come out and you go wow like it's not it's again it's not trying to put you in awe but you're just you left and you leave almost quiet um i i love the use of that word presence i can't remember who said it it might have been anthony it might have been it might have been daniel i'm not sure but this idea of being present because everyone on screen all the time feels like they're present with one another. Nobody's forcing it or like it just it just feels like you're watching 
this these lives unfold in front of you there's it's it it really is one of the more uh, contemplative thoughtful films of the year um and and it's kind of funny because it's a holiday film or it takes place during the holidays but it isn't a holiday film i should say like it doesn't need to be watched during the holiday season it's just it's just a great film with incredible characters you know, I, I would love to to hear from you a little bit how you feel about these these characters and their relationships together, because they're really unique. This is not the type of film where any one single character sort of, you know, is the lead. Everybody sort of positioning themselves. I don't know if I'm saying this well. But they're, I'm, I'm saying it's not, they're not all looking to one person in some ways. All of them are sort of held in different spaces and, and equally. I was wondering what you thought about, about those relationships. I think it's an interesting perspective looking at the, the main trio, right? And especially someone who we haven't spoken about, Divine Joy Randolph, who carries so much of this movie's um, emotional core throughout, right? She She's someone that we learn that she lost her son and she feels closed off from the world. And you have Paul Giamatti who's closed off from the world. And then you have Dominic Sessa's character who is also closed off from the world. His parents literally don't even want him to come home. Um, so it's interesting to see like the, the alchemy of what their relationship is. Um, but I, I, I think what really, the, the moments that really made me, love these relationships are when you you see Paul Giamatti's character try to like give a good holiday experience for for these students or the first group of students and then it turns out to be just Dominic Sessa but you could tell that what he's doing is also not something to torture these kids he literally is just either going by the book or that is how he knows enjoyment which is which is really funny but it's 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 nice when you start to see those cracks where you see him like, oh, you know what? I'm going to take him out to the bar to get dinner or we're going to go to this Christmas party. Um, and that's where the moments of their relationships really start to shine. And we get to learn a lot more about who these characters are when they're taken out of the school. And I think that's what's really, um, really special about those relationships as they grow. So much of it happens outside of the school itself. And as much as I love the school setting, um, it's cool when we when we break out of that because when we break out of that setting, we also start to see the characters break out of you know how we know them as as characters. And it, it always something that I was thinking about too is whenever I see like a teacher of mine in a grocery store, and it's like you forget that these people are human. You because you always had this idea as kids that your teachers or people who work at your school they're always at the school. They're not people who have lives or have hopes and dreams. But when you when you see them outside of those settings and they get to be not as much of a teacher anymore, but just someone that you're connecting with um, are, are some of my favorite moments in the film. They're the authority. They're always the uh, when you look at them, always. I, whenever I saw a teacher outside school, I just felt like, am I in trouble? Because, you know, like you don't think you always think they're in teacher <laughs> yeah. mode. They're always in that mode. And as a child, you always look at them as they're an authority figure, even though they're teaching me. But you know, Agnes in, in this sense, he's a little bit of a rebellion. And it, I, what I love about it is all three characters are so closed off in the beginning, but by the time the movie ends, they're so open to new relationships, being free, trying new things, you know, 
the risk taking on all three of their their characters, especially Divine Joy, who yeah. I think her her performance is so beautiful. She has like that Boston accent, and she's just a mother who is in denial and who's just dealing with her loss. I just like you know these these characters are those characters that you know 10 15 years from now you'll always go back and say yeah the, these guys they were they were something they made something special here they have timeless moments together that i think for me as someone who loves film and loves you know the experience of watching movies i'll always remember just like you know de niro in taxi driver or or pacino in the godfather these types of performances kind of just last in your memory bank forever and ever that is high praise. You just compared this to The Godfather. I don't know if you realize you did. <laughs> well, no, it's just, but it, it reminds me of that time period, right? Like it just, it has that 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 like that feeling of man, this this is just like when my parents went to go watch The Godfather. Like that's what I'm experiencing right now. It's not The Godfather, but it's a if it, it there it's are of that time, there's, right? It's certain elements that are very similar too, for sure. Family, right? Family is a big part of it, but. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think pretty much you guys touched upon it. Like, like it's all you you don't realize how much of an impact that Divine is going to have in this film, because in the beginning, you kind of just start to think, oh, she's in this one scene and she's got this really tragic backstory. And then as you kind of start to see she's she's the heart of this, she's what's pulling these two together, whether it's it, it's immediately visible or not, it, it's kind of happening there in the background. And I think that a performance like that, that continuously starts to tug at your heartstrings is something that you look forward to in a movie that's about why people get together for the holidays. It's not just for the more obvious things. It's for the things that we don't talk about. We get together to escape. And this movie kind of creates the visual representation of what escapism is. And I think that's what it, uh, the best part about this movie is. Which is interesting is the whole point of the movie is that they can't escape. Is they can't escape. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> stuck. <laughs> yeah. That's also what it's about, right? They keep trying to escape. They keep. They want to go to this party. They want to go here. They want to go there. They're, it's all about trying to get out, but we're always kind of bound together. Which, which is funny too, when you think about that, because you look at like, like your flesh and blood family are the ones that you can't really escape, and people who have, uh, you know, they have their friends who are their like their chosen family. But yeah, it's like with them, like they are kind of forced to be that blood family because they can't escape each other. They are trapped together over these two weeks in the, in the school or for the, for their Christmas break. It's funny. Well, you know, and it's interesting because Angus actually says at one point, he says, um, Oh, where's my quote here? I don't think I've ever had a real family Christmas like this before. And they're sitting around having dinner together. That, that's a fascinating admission. I mean, this is, this is a, a forced family, if you will, but you know, he's there like those those walls are starting to come down and they're starting to break down a little bit. And and it's happening just naturally with the time together. I don't think it would have happened the same way if the other kids hadn't been taken off in a helicopter. Yeah. yeah. And also imagine like <laughs> imagine being like in a school for Christmas break and everyone just leaves on the helicopter. Like, <laughs> my God, what a. Absolutely are you, are you saying it doesn't happen to you, Daniel? That happened to me many times. Oh, well, my I'm school, so sorry. my school years. Well, we didn't go to school together, so that you didn't like go to helicopter school. I went to helicopter oh, school. That makes sense. <laughs> that's why. I went to helicopter school. That's Everyone right. had a helicopter. Yeah, that's true. 
I was always on the helicopter. I'm so, I, I'm really sorry that your Christmases and your holidays weren't weren't like that, uh, Daniel. But uh, well, I mean, you know, it's fine. It. I guess uh, Anthony, how about you? Were you helicopters everywhere? <laughs> uh, no, man. I I took I took a boat. It was oh, a boat, okay. boat school. Even the winter. Wow. <laughs> boat school in the winter. You just he didn't get going far. through the ice. Didn't get very far. Well, okay, it was one cool, of those guys. big boats. I just Tug had boats. cars, I guess. Boring old cars. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, I hear what you're saying. Like what an what an image, eh? You're there and they're literally, I think there's like ten of them just sort of pile into this. Yeah, their salvation came for them, but not for for everyone else. Oh, yeah, I know. It's no wonder that these characters are just so flat after this. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I love that you're talking about, you know, Divine's role here because I, I, she absolutely sort of holds the film together. And I don't mean that there's a problem with the film, but, but she is the glue that keeps drawing, you know, she draws out Paul Hunnam to, to help him be more supportive of Angus. She sort of draws Angus in. And uh, and then and then she's gone. <laughs> About two thirds away the movie, she's gone, and they're stuck together again. Uh, it's just this continue, like just continually breaking down the group. It's it's fascinating. Um, wh- what is it? I mean, is there anything that you think that in particular that these three are looking for? Like, I know that's a weird question to ask, but I would. I've been trying to think about that in terms of this film because this feels like a film where you have three very different people on these emotional journeys looking for something i was just wondering if you had any thoughts on what that might be i feel like you know in some ways and this this definitely can be argued in a way they're all kind of looking for belonging and i think in the mm-hmm. holidays that's the one thing that we're always kind of looking for is at the end of the year you kind of look back at your your timeline of how the year went and it's like did it make sense did what i do this year have a purpose and in that purpose, do I belong in it? Like, is there, I know this is getting a little deep and I apologize, but like, is, is, do is it. <laughs> what I'm doing here is worth it. And I think when you look at someone like Paul Giamatti, who's so like, I'm, I'm set in the way that I am. This is who I am. But there's still that, that deep part of inside of him that I feel like he's like, he's not a hundred percent sure of who he is. And along with Dominic, you know, they were both such hard-headed people, but they're still not sure exactly who they are and if what they're doing is actually making much of an impact. Yeah. I think too, you you look at um Divine, like you look at like she lost a son. So she obviously looks at Dominic Sessa's character as almost like a surrogate of that, of someone who she's looking after. And Paul Giamani is someone that we know in his past that he had a loved one that they're not together anymore. Um, and he's alone and he looks at, I think both of them as his surrogate family. And then again, Dominic Sessa's character is just looking, uh, his character's name is Angus, right? Yes. Angus. Yeah. So Angus is just looking for, for parents. Right. And I think that's what Paul Giamatti's character and divine joy Randolph's character bring is that they just are the parental figures that abandoned him. Right. Whether, uh, he wanted to be with these two or not. They are what he has. And, you know, I'm sure he would love to take his his parents, as, as we saw at the beginning of the film, when he got that phone call, which was such a crushing moment. Because I'm just trying to picture myself. I could never picture my parents doing that to me. We're like, you know what, Daniel, we don't want you to come home for Christmas this year. Um, and we learned that, you know, his his mom has a new 
husband. So they want to have their time to do their honeymoon or do whatever they want. So that that feeling of just being abandoned, especially at Christmas, which I think Christmas as happy of a time of a year it is, as a beautiful time of a year it is, it also highlights so many other things in people's lives. It really does highlight the the sadness and the loneliness and so much of that. So for him, I think he is just searching, like Shay said, for belonging. He is searching for people to look after him. And I think that's what he gets with the with the two of them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, you know, when you're a character that's designed to be so closed off, I think at like the the root of it subconsciously, consciously, you you're looking to connect with something. You're not looking to connect with a person. And it just happens, you know, these three characters at the end of it are connected. Even when they started off, they weren't. And uh, you know, maybe they became the parent fig- parental figure for for Angus, but was it something that they I think they started off as like this was their goal? No, I think it just naturally occurred. And that's what makes the story so unique and different and relatable. And you're right, Daniel. There's a lot of Christmas brings you know the family aspect. Family's always, you know, you Christmas is family. And when you don't have a family like these three at this moment in their life, you know, they create their own. I think that's the thing that I find most fascinating about this film in so many ways. And that's why I talked before about being a film during the holidays and not a holiday film, because this is, I I agree a hundred percent. I think Shabazz, you said belonging, I think. And, and Daniel, I think you're right to highlight this because when you think about a holiday season of any type and it's a time of gathering and now you're, now you've got a film about people being abandoned um i think it really makes it interesting and it's not done the way that the way that this is brought out is it's not it just happens to be the setting but in this case the setting manages to bring out some more depth of the characters in some way i find it i find it fascinating a fascinating balance because and then you have scenes where angus is just like i want to see a christmas tree that's what i want to see want to see a Christmas tree or that's all I want I just want to go see a real one not this one that you made which sucks and it's like but but that sort of imagery for him is symbolic of relationship and I think that so much of this film is about is about relationship and and the more and each one of them has been hurt in different ways or experienced hurt whether it's the loss of Mary it's Mary right is Divine's character Mary yeah. yeah her the loss of her son uh abandonment by parents literally like you said being told ah, we need some time well can yeah. you take time in january <laughs> yeah and, right and now what's, what's what's wild to me with that too is that angus gets it almost like double in this film because then later on in the film we get the realization that you know his father is an instant his birth father is in an institution and it's just like he has a whole other layer of what is you know the, what's going on with him and being abandoned by his mom and his stepfather now feeling like his father is, is completely separated from him and he feels like he's abandoned his father there so like there's just so much going on with his character that again being a, a kid is hard enough but when you add in such 
hardships. It's just like, how are you not going to be a little like emotionally messed up throughout a lot of this and feeling the weight of this, especially at Christmas? Also, a completely unrecognizable little cameo by Tate Donovan there at the end as uh, oh, yeah. his stepfather. I was like, like we really look him in the eye. I'm like, that's that's Tate Donovan. What, what the yeah, hell's he doing 100%. here? Yeah. In like the most unlikable cameo he could have most possibly unlikable made. Unlikable cameo, seriously. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it's interesting. We talk about connection, and we talk about that that final scene. Is there? Here's I, I'm saying this as an actual question. Is there a more touching handhold that you've seen on film in the last few years? Like, there's just this little moment where I think it's divine is sitting there with Angus and just sort of gradually puts her hand on his hand and it's like such a it's such a great moment <laughs> nothing it, it is, is it is that is the most motherly thing that she could have done in that moment right she didn't have yeah. to say anything she was just there with him right and i think that's it's so much more powerful without words where she is just being in that moment with him whatever comes next she is there with him and i think that was just so one of the most beautiful moments in the film yeah, there with him. That little quote, I think, uh, Anthony or um, Daniel, I think that little quote says it all. There with him, because that's what they were. They were there with him. The whole movie Definitely. is about them being there with him, um, which is a is profoundly seen. Like it's, and again, it doesn't, it doesn't feel forced. Like it just feels like you've got these people trying to figure out how to make it through the next fourteen days. Um, and, and the ways that that breaks it down is just, is just un, unbelievable. Um, I, I would love to know, and I, this is juke into the left, I admit it, based on where we are, but uh, we've talked a little bit about the, the nostalgic seventies vibe setting and all this stuff. I think it takes place in 1970. Is it 71 that it turns to at the end? I think the clock. 1971. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I think is really interesting is the relationship to the past in this film. And at one point, Paul, uh, it's funny calling him Paul because I keep thinking I'm getting it wrong. Uh, <laughs> Paul Giamatti yeah. playing Paul Hunnam, and I keep thinking, oh, exactly. use his character name, but that is his character. <laughs> um, one of the things he says is history is not just a study of the past. It's an explanation of the present. And I think in our early conversation, one of the comments that came up was this idea that, you know, it felt modern and nostalgic at the same time. I'm just wondering for, for the three of you, do, do you agree? Do you, how do you feel about that statement? Shabazz, I like getting philosophical on this one. <laughs> <laughs> We're all just deep in thought right now. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, yeah, I think to a certain degree, definitely that that that's there, and it it's really what the again I, I throw it back to the writing. That's what kind of pushes all of that idea forward. You have these performances that feel lived in that you get lost in. All of that kind of encompasses exactly what you're saying. I think. I think um, so much of what we do is a reflection of what we've done, right? And I think as time goes on, it is, it's something that, yeah, I, of course, I, I think I it's safe to assume it is, right? I, I believe that. I think everything that 
we do now is because of something that we've done before and where we are now. But it, but it's interesting when you think of it as time is just like constantly repeating itself too, because sometimes you want to break out of that cycle, right? But yeah, I, I, I do believe that. I really do believe that. It's tradition, right? And especially with Christmas and just the holiday season, there's a lot of traditions that are continuously passed on and continuously how we think, like, yeah, we, we we do this and do that and do this and do that. And, and that's how my parents did it. And that's how their parents did it and, and so on and so forth. And we try to change the way, you know, how that past can kind of look like what that looks like in the future. And I think, isn't there like that term, like, what we do in the past, like we should know, learn our history so we don't repeat it. There's there's a lot of things that kind of come down to you know, traditions and things that we we have done as a culture, as a people, and and continuing those things really showcases who these characters are and, and where they where they are coming from at the end and where they end up at the end of this film uh, and how different. It is even for someone in, you know, the seventies to think this way is so untraditional, and that's uh that's something I liked, and I I was super related. Like I'm like, oh, I, I here's Paul who's just you know he's let go from his position in school, and now he's on a new adventure at an age where you think he would be retiring or or you know settling down. Like now he has more things to do, and hopefully he gets to do what he was meant to do which was write that book that's true i wasn't thinking about the end but you're right he he is charting a new course for for where he is in his life in his journey he's going somewhere new i i love the scene where they're in the museum i absolutely love that scene where they're standing around and they're talking about you know and i think uh you know at one point they they just sort of talk about the sexual imagery and they're just sort of like yeah you know the things you're doing right now that's what they did then. And, and it's sort of, yeah. it, it, it's a very human moment. Um, and, and I mean, I understand why, but I didn't have any teachers talking to me about that when we went to the ROM. Like, it's like, <laughs> I get why. There was, an, there was this innocence in that scene that yeah. I, I don't know why when I was watching it, it reminded me of Ferris Bueller's Day Off in that moment where they're also at the art gallery mm. and they're just kind of staring at the art a, a little bit different, but I don't know why immediately my mind kind of went to that moment. And I was like, huh, I'm feeling the same level of comfort as I did when I watched that. Because it feels like such a natural conversation, right? It feels, yeah. it doesn't feel like he's giving a lesson. And I think that's what I love what Angus basically tells him afterwards. It's like, like, what, however, like we're talking right now, this is what we wish. That's what I wish it was like in the classroom because Angus is a very bright kid. Yeah. Paul is a very tough marker and a tough teacher. And you, you learn why as the film goes on. But my favorite teachers are the teachers that just spoke to us like we were, you know, human. Right. We didn't feel like we were being talked down to. And those are the teachers that I'll think about most. Or if I ever see them again, I'll be like, I'll always remember them or always want to go up to them and talk to them because they are the ones that make, the, I think, the biggest difference in your life. Right. You know, it's interesting in this moment because you have this relationship of generations that are having this conversation. And I, I work with young people and uh, I've done that off, off for for many years. And when they talk about we joke about me being an old man and that's fine. I'm OK with that. Um, but I realized there's sort of two ways to talk about time. One is when we talk about like technology, we always talk about technology or way things are, you know, I talk about, 
you know, how I didn't have a VCR as a kid and, you know, we had to choose between channels, you know what I'm saying? Like these things we didn't, and they're like, there was a world before the internet. I'm like, yeah, yes, there was. <laughs> <laughs> You're insane. But what Wait till you but, show them laser disc. Wait till you show them a laser disc. <laughs> Blow their minds. I, I showed my my kids, uh, my kids are 13 and 8, and we busted out some VHS. And they're like, what's that? I'm like, this is a movie. No, no, movies are this. <laughs> it's like, no, no, this is, this. they said it's like a brick. I'm like, it is like a brick. You could build a house on these things. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's sort of how we talk about like past and present in a lot of ways, you know, we, well, we've advanced so far, but when yeah. you talk about relationships, when you talk about relationships and like, like you do in this film, like you do it, like they do in sort of Ferris Bueller, what that's where I think you see things are the same. We see the same problems, human problems rising right. up again. You know, we say, see these things, same, the same battles we face. And I think we connect with it on that level because we can look at this film and say, oh yeah, it takes place in the seventies. Yeah. Look at those old cars. Look at that. You know, we, we could do all those things. Right. But I don't think when, when Paul's talking about that, that's not what he's talking about, right? Like he's talking about the human experience translates in each generation. Right. And I think that's what so many films miss the point of when they are telling stories or we are going back to different time periods is that they're not focusing on the relationships. They're very much focused on the aesthetic and the look and what made that era, that era from fashion or technology or music. And that's great when those things align and they align really well in this film, but they don't mean anything. If you don't give them meaning, if you don't give them those relationships, those emotions to really make, Everything else is just window dressing. The real part, the real, what, what makes those special are those relationships. And, and we see that throughout the holdovers. Absolutely. I think that's where it comes. That's why it comes alive, I should say. Those are the moments that make it come alive. It's it's beautiful. Um, Guys, we're running out of time. <laughs> this has been incredible. A great conversation. Time has flown by. It, it feels like we've been talking since New Year's Eve, nineteen seventy. Wait, maybe it's not supposed to feel like that. <laughs> no, I'm time's flown by. I feel like we've been planning it since then because there it's it been is. a long time coming. Definitely. So, uh, Steve, we're we're just so grateful for you inviting us and the fact yeah. that uh, I love that it was all three of us and you welcomed all three of yeah. us because uh, it, it does mean a lot to us for sure. Well, I really appreciate it. This has been so much fun. Um, as we start to wrap up, though, we should screen it or skip it. The holdovers, screen it or skip it. I think it's fair to say all three of us are going to say skip this movie. <laughs> what a pile of garbage! Oh God, no! This is this is the highest honor, man. Just just screen it right away. Um, take your family and then go once by yourself. I think this is a good movie to watch with your family and also a really good movie to watch by yourself without the pressure of your family there because then you just kind of, I think, settle into the character of Angus. Whereas I think when you watch with your family, you settle into all the characters. It's interesting you say that, Shay. I'm definitely screening it as well too, but yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting experience to watch this film alone. And I think... Thinking about that, I'm like, you know what? I think you would get a very different experience watching it that way. And I and I I like that. So yeah, I'm gonna say definitely screen it. Go watch it twice, like Shay said. Uh one of those times go alone and get a big bucket of popcorn. 
Uh, it's a screener for me as well. It's again, it's a movie that really connected with me. And, you know, it's so funny. A lot of I, we got a comment, I think, yesterday or two days ago saying that this movie's not a family movie. And I'm like, man, look, you you guys, you know, parents, you decide what you want to do if you bring them or not. But I really, really, if I had children, I would bring them along. And, and this is not a movie that you could bring like a five year old. They're not going to understand. <laughs> but, you know, someone who's 10, 12, hitting that those teenage years, I think they'll hopefully if they have the attention span to to really understand where this kid's coming from. Because, you know, even though we talked about how different it is and how the 70s look like to 2023, I think when you're you're going through that period, we're all rebellious. You know, we all have some sort of chaos and anarchy in, inside of them. Some some of us more than others. But it just shows that, you know, there's there's so many there's cool stories to learn from the past that we can still use today. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I I mean, I mean, it's a no brainer. We basically said it was a screen it when we started talking here. This was a, this was an easy <laughs> one. Um. I think this is one of the best films of the year. Um, Easily. Yeah. Um, I, I'm interested in the idea of seeing it alone now. I, I mean, uh, we're, we're critics. We see these things oftentimes early in emptier theaters, but I'm actually intrigued in seeing it in a full theater. If there, if, if there is a full theater for people that are actually going to see it, but going by yourself, because I feel like so many in so many ways that might tap into the vibe of this film where you've got these people with other people around them. And yet they're stuck by themselves. It's a it's a really fascinating journey. Um, There's only like a handful of movies that I've ever watched, you know, alone that really impacted me. Whiplash was one of those movies that I feel shares a lot of similarities with this movie as well. And I think the holdovers, when I, when I really think about it, I'm like, Man, watching this by yourself, there's just something about it. You really tap into the characters. You know, when it's funny, uh, when I first, I live in Newmarket, when I first moved here, it was right before we got married, um, I think I, I rented um, Lost in Translation. And I was only half an hour from where I used to live, but it was like this bizarre experience watching the film by myself. And it tapped into the vibe of the film, and I think this is a, a really fascinating film across. And it would, and it taps into, taps into the vibe, uh, for sure. Guys, incredible fun! Absolutely love having you. Now, I, I hear you guys might have a podcast or some some sort of small thing that you might be interested in talking about. Uh, I guess so, if we have to. <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh, we host a show called the Movie Podcast, which we absolutely love doing if you are interested if you liked hearing us talk about this film uh we have we do have a review uh for it as well if you want to catch that if you want to follow us on any socials you can as well too at the movie podcast on instagram x tiktok wherever you want to find us we're we're there even myspace and linkedin and uh probably limewire if you want to download it illegally we are on limewire i've been i've been siphoning our episodes on there so oh, that's good and kazaa if you remember and that Kazaa, one. wow that, that's awesome but yeah are you guys on napster our... as well like, napster? no 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 too many lawsuits <laughs> we can't do it uh but we're we're everywhere you want to find us if you want to watch our show on youtube or on podcast feeds we're there um and we drop a lot of episodes and reviews and interviews and all that fun stuff so uh and we get to see you at screenings a lot see which is great so yeah, that's been fun that we've been able to sort of connect over those things. Um, it's, yeah, it's been cool. Uh, 
And and honestly, absolutely love uh, the movie podcast. It's great. You guys, you guys are wild. Like you guys are all over the place and have great interviews, uh, great podcasts, great conversations. So I I know that you guys are really busy. I appreciate you giving me the time that you you have for this. Thank you so much. Oh, of course. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Anytime. You at home, uh, a reminder that you can find us wherever podcasts are available as well. But you could uh, absolutely find us. You can find us, like, and subscribe to us on YouTube uh, as well. We, are, we have conversations with industry professionals and, of course, Greenfish Radio, where we have great conversations with, with people, wonderful people like this. And uh, if you go to the podcast page at greenfish.net, you can download Fishing for More, which are some small group conversations to help you get the conversation started where you are. Uh, if you watch the holdovers and and with some other people and want to get get into it, the meat of it together. Um, so once again, thank you to the three of you. And for you at home, we started the conversation. This was Screenfish. <laughs>